All right, thank you for listening once again to the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. We're back for episode number four of the inaugural season. We've got our first guest of the podcast's history. Yeah, uh, it's a historic Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast today. I'll introduce him in a minute. Uh, with me, as always, is Andrew Houghton. Uh, we are going to jump right into talking about ISU football. It's their season opener on Thursday against... Western Colorado at Holt Arena. Um, as Rob Finnessy mentioned earlier in the day, might be the only D1 game going on on Thursday night. So uh, I know they're excited. Everyone's excited. Andrew, um, kind of give me give me your thoughts. I know you, you talked to him and, and some of the players earlier on Monday. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is the excitement. I think it comes from two places. One is with that, you know, they're starting a week later than everybody else. Um, you know, Fantasy said, you know, watching all their friends and all the, the their old high school teammates and stuff play on Saturday is kind of, you know, it's got to be difficult, right? And knowing that you've still got five or six more days, you know? Um, so I think everybody's really amped up for that. Um, that's what everybody said. I think the other sort of excitement comes from uh, the confidence that this team has, um, the confidence that this roster has. Um, you know, they're, they're experienced, they know it, um, they've got a lot of talent, they know it. I think they're kind of just excited to get out there and see what they can do. Um, so I think both of those factors kind of in concert um, are what's making it, you know, everybody around the team so hyped for it. Yeah, obviously ISU had that week one bye. Um, I think every other team in the Big Sky played last weekend. So as you said, um, ISU I'm sure has been anxiously just kind of sitting and waiting and um, looking forward to getting their shot. Uh, they released their initial two deep of the season on Monday. Any initial thoughts or surprises on that? No, no, not really any surprises at all. I mean, the the biggest surprise for me uh, was seeing TJ Togia listed as an end and Gilbert Varela as the as the nose tackle. I kind of I thought those two guys would be reversed, maybe, um, but that's not a huge deal. I assume. I know that Togia can play both inside and outside. I assume he'll get the chance to play both inside and outside. Um, other than that, I mean, the quarterbacks are still listed. You know, Gunnar Amos or Matt Strzok as the starter, which, um, you know, I've been saying it all preseason. You've kind of been saying it all preseason. We kind of expected them to play both guys yeah. in, against Western Colorado. Um, you know, Rob Fennessey said on Monday that he uh, he believes that both guys will see the field against Western Colorado. Um, so that that's not a big surprise to me. Um, other than that, uh, no, nobody who's not listed on the depth, depth chart who I expected would have been. So I don't think they had any, you know, injuries in the last couple weeks mm -hmm. when, with practice closed and stuff. Um, other, other than that, it's, it's lining up exactly the way I thought it would. Yeah. And, uh, we've been talking about the quarterback situation for, for a long time. And we actually joked that maybe they'll just have Michael Dean on the first snap so that they don't really, so, so that he's like the official starting quarterback and they just keep everyone sort of in the dark. Yeah, um, run, yeah. run the Wildcat, have, have yeah. struck next to him in the backfield, Gunnar Amos lined up in the slot and, you know, but have Michael Dean take the <laughs> snap. And we'll see. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's what everybody will be watching for, who's who's in the backfield. Uh, Rob Fennessy has, you know, played his cards tight to the best on that. I, I do think it's a good idea to play both of them in the first game. Um, yeah. But beyond that, we'll see. Any Western Colorado D2 team, ISU opened their season last year against these guys. I don't remember what the final score was. 45-10. Yeah. 
45-10. Something like that? Sounds good to me. Any uh, any reason ISU may struggle? What 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 do you expect uh, first game from them? Uh, I don't see any reason for ISU to struggle in this game. I mean, Western Colorado is not a particularly good mm-hmm. RMAC team. I think they went two and seven last year. Yeah, two or, and or nine, two and something nine, yeah. like that. They're picked like ninth or tenth in the preseason Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference polls this year. Um, so even at that level, they're not particularly talented um you know coach rob fennessy was um particularly you know he was he was careful today to say that you know they're they're a good team if we don't take this seriously we're gonna be in trouble um i think that's that's true as far as it goes um i think they need to take the game seriously um but if they do i don't see them getting really any trouble um you know i i see i see them you know, probably winning by more than last year. Hmm. I, I don't think Western is, is very good at all this year. Um, you know, Fennessey pointed out a couple of their linebackers are, are talented. They do have a couple of talented linebackers. Um, Fennessey's, you know, a couple guys in the secondary who are talented. Maybe could give them some problems, but, um, you know, if, if the IC offense is running like it should be, um, I don't think they'll have any issues. Yeah, and these games are always sort of hard to tell because the offense usually isn't operating under its – Whole playbook and there's there's a lot of there are a lot of backups in during third and fourth quarters um so it's it's always kind of interesting to watch the opening game and obviously their game next week at utah will be sort of the same situation um so how long is it going to take until we really get a good idea of, of what this, this year's isu team looks like right i mean you would expect it to be week three against northern iowa because i don't think i don't think western can stop them and the same side of the coin, I'm not sure they're going to be able to block Utah's defensive line, which kind of ruins any takeaways that you would be able to, you know, to get from the offense in the Utah game, even just, you know, acknowledging the talent disparity there. But if if you don't have any time in the backfield at all, it's it's tough to kind of take away anything from that. So I think that kind of does a disservice to this Idaho State team going into the Northern Iowa game with those two weeks prior yeah. you know sort of those two screwy situations prior i mean we saw how good northern iowa was on saturday they almost beat iowa state yeah, yeah. ranked iowa state took them to three overtimes had a chance to go had a chance to win in the second overtime i believe if they had gone for the two-point conversion after mm. they scored the touchdown did not go for it mark farley um you know uh elected not to go for it and they lost it in the in the third overtime but that's a that's a really talented team and obviously that's a cardinal sin that we just pulled is to look uh, way ahead to week three, but uh, no. Um, well, that's that's what Rob Fennessy would say. I don't think it's a yeah. big deal for two uh, two podcasters here. Yeah. Now. We could we could do what we want. Well, and we actually have a third pod podcaster in with us, Andrew. I'm going to give you one uh, any anything else you want to say on ISU football, and then I will introduce our guest. No, let's introduce our guest, and we can kick it about ISU football for a minute if he's got anything he wants to say about it. Do we want to? have a drum roll or should we just introduce him just go ahead man no drum roll okay uh with us on, on the podcast is ross cunningham also known as the isu super fan i'm sure you guys all know and love ross he's uh he's walked into our office at 11:30 p.m to record this podcast so we're very thankful for ross's time ross how are you man well, I'm doing outstanding man it really helps that your office is only a couple of blocks from where i live yeah. so you know that worked out perfectly ross um You've been around ISU athletics for a long time. Um, I, de- I guess any just impressions or thoughts or a- anything on this uh, season opening game on Thursday for the football team? 
a lot of what I had to say, a lot of what I had to say, pretty much aligns with what you guys had. Uh, what, were, uh, what you guys were thinking is, is that first game of the first game of a new season, got a new quarterback with some big shoes to fill. Mostly, uh, I would just tell everyone not to th read too much into things. We're not going to be obviously, we're not going to be throwing the whole playbook out the window. Just you know, take it in opening weekend for Idaho State football. Enjoy it, have some fun, and. Uh, Work on making Holt Arena lit that Thursday night. We're gonna have a lot of fun for that one. Ross, what are you gonna be wearing? You know, I haven't really decided yet. Uh, to become, uh, to be honest with you, I, I know I'm gonna be rocking the face paint for sure, bro. But uh, <laughs> everything else is kind of a last second, uh, last second um, decision, really. Yeah. Sorry, Ross brings up a good point yeah. here, which is the, kind of the last thing I want to mention. I'm, I'm curious to see what the crowd will be like on Thursday. Sure. Uh, it's an interesting situation with it being a Thursday evening game 6 30 yep yeah 6 30 you've got the division two team coming in um i think there is a little bit more excitement around this team maybe yeah. than there has been in years past they're doing you know buy one get one free tickets at the, at the ticket office um this week or and the, week. the vouchers are being redeemed like hotcakes right now let me tell you that's good to hear okay that is good to hear because i like i said i was, I was just curious to see what the level of excitement is around this team and sort of how that translates to butts in the seats at hold arena on thursday I think um, obviously I like I I really want to sell out obviously you know but uh, I do think it would be pretty reasonable to expect a lot of people out there I mean yeah it's a Thursday night game but it's a game on a Thursday night everyone can go have some fun ring in Friday with a you know with some good vibes and then they are they're they're pretty much free to go about the weekend uh, however they want to and they don't have to worry about conflicting various uh, activities that they want to juggle with a football game or whatnot so yeah and. Uh... That's interesting you guys mentioned that because in the past few seasons, home openers haven't drawn well for ISU, but they're usually not, their seasons prior have usually not been very good, so excitement has been down and so on and so forth. Uh, Ross, t for those of our listeners who don't know what you're all about, uh, give us just a quick background on, on your history and, um, and also, yeah, and, and that's it, on your history. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it all began when Noah left the uh, let the animals off the ark, Madison. And uh, <laughs> now, um, I've been uh, I've been active at Idaho State University games for the past fifteen years. I believe I'm going on to my sixteenth year. Everything from football to cross country, I'm there if time and money allow for it. I travel a lot too. Uh, some of the travel places I've traveled to in years past: New Hampshire, Atlanta, Albuquerque, Flagstaff, Missoula. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I'm I'm the diehard fan of the face paint with about a billion different flags sitting in the stands supporting his Bengals. Yeah, really good ambassador for ISU athletics. He's been to he's been through good seasons, bad seasons, and everything that's in, an understatement. Everything in between. <laughs> yeah, and and that's what I wanted to ask you, Ross. Is you know expectations are pretty high for ISU football this year. Obviously, they have a really hard schedule. They have to play twelve games in a row. They start later than everybody else. What does what would a good football season and what does a good season do for uh, for the fan base and for the town here? I will say that what a good football season does at Idaho State University for this town, it's hard to put into words. But I will say that the feeling around the town picks up. Everyone stops beating themselves up so much. Every, you know, People feel good about being from Pocatello. People feel great about Idaho State University. It's The community pulls together a little bit more when, when the football program is doing well. Mm -hmm. And 
even when we had the 6-5 and five season last year, we did so well in a number of key games like the Idaho game and the homecoming versus NAU that people felt pretty good about the pretty good about Pocatello and Idaho State last year, even with the 6-5 and five season. So, sure. you know, even with the season that's, you know, about average, average to better, I, you know, it, it, it just it means a lot to this entire community. I mean, Ross, I wanted to ask, kind of piggybacking off that, what is a what is a good season for ISU football look like in your opinion this year? I mean, is it playoffs or bust, or with the schedule they have, or are you, are you looking a little bit lower than that? I wouldn't say I'm looking lower than uh, than than that, and I'm you know certainly not playoffs or bust. I just the biggest thing for me as somebody who's been around the program for so long and the the capacity that I've been in. I would say that uh, you know continuing to build the brand at Idaho State University be a more recognizable thing. We can do that with, you know, the the, the great thing is, is with Idaho State, and I mean, this isn't a rib to anybody, but I mean expectations have historically not been very high. So you get us like another five or six or you know maybe even a seven win season, and people are going to feel pretty good about the program, and that helps build the brand, and helps get the message out that hey. We've not only got a pulse at Idaho State, but we're on the we're on the up and up. And so it's a I've always regarded this as a long term building project here at Idaho State University. You're not just gonna turn it around in like one season. That was, that was a very good answer. I like that a lot. Yeah, that, that's that's why I was curious because I thought you might give an interesting answer about that. I mean, you have a longer perspective than than either of us have, of course. So <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh well, what do you guys want to move into next year? We've got a few topics on the docket. Uh, what do you think? Let's move on to ISU Volleyball. Just kind of quickly, they yeah. are home opener. I believe their only home non-conference game. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night against Utah Valley, yep. I believe. Um, I have not seen them play this season. New coach. New coach. I mean, I've talked to her. Uh, we did a volleyball preview story in the Idaho State Journal last week. Uh, Ross, I gather that you might have a little bit more insight on that team. So... Uh, it, it's kind of strange. Um, it's, you know, it's a brand new coach, brand new outlook. Um, I think that, um, I think that this first game is going to really help with a lot of people. I know I, I, I'm giving kind of an obvious answer here, but, uh, uh it will help that we have the season opener tomorrow to get a much better look with this team, with the, with the coaching philosophies that uh, we want to see, um, with the team, how they're going to look and how they're going to compete. Because over the last decade, ISU volleyball has been very has been a very solid program mm. in this conference, and that's that's no small feat, ladies and gentlemen. That that's that's a pretty big deal. I mean, the Big Sky is a, actually a pretty tough volleyball conference as far as mid majors go. Uh, it will be great to have them at home so we can watch them get a better feel for how it's going to be. I know that I was actually looking to go to Omaha, Nebraska. To support them, but some plans changed at the last minute, so I decided to hang back at that uh, that weekend. But uh, so I like I, I'll tell you what I'm excited to watch them play tomorrow. It's, it's like the first time I've really seen them since uh, since everyone got back from the summer. So, and that game obviously at Reed Gym, as all their home games are. One uh, other than first year head coach S- Sammy Stewart, a major storyline within that team is that Haley Keck, who I believe was the co libero of the year in the Big Sky a season ago, she has moved to outside hitter, which is very interesting. I don't know a lot about volleyball, but I'm pretty sure a libero is a defensive player, and outside hitter is obviously one of your best offensive players. So, uh, pretty interesting switch there. Yeah, here's how here's how crazy of a switch that was. Haley Keck was probably uh, might have been on pace to make, break the Big Sky career digs record if she had stayed at libero this year. It would have been close. She definitely would have finished her career second in the conference in in digs and among everybody. I mean, she's like 
seventh or eighth on the list right now, having played three years. Everybody else on the list has played four years. So legitimately a transcendent defensive player. Uh, we'll we'll see how she adjusts. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna go deeper on that switch at some point during the season because um, I think it's really interesting. So just keep an eye out for that, and we'll see how she adjusts. I'm excited to see this because you know, as you guys said, you know, she was an absolute just dominant at the libero position. She will go down as one of the best liberos in Idaho State volleyball history. And that lady and that guy is just. That is that is no small feat in of itself. ISU volleyball has a very rich history going clear back to the late seventies and for Haley Keck to be mentioned, you know, as one of the all time greats at that position is something. And it seems like she's already taken to the outside hitting yeah. position pretty darn well, if you ask me. I mean she really did uh, you know, what was it, twenty kills? I believe in... she had twenty kills in their first game, uh, they were in Omaha. God, she's something yeah. else, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> um and I know you guys have both watched a little bit of ISU's soccer team this year. They uh, they had their home opener Friday against Dixie State. It was a 1-1 draw. They are currently 0-3-1 on the season. Also have a first-year head coach, Debs Brereton. Um, Andrew, I know you're a big soccer guy. Yeah. So why don't you uh, give just a, a quick analysis of kind of what, what you've seen from that team? Yeah, so I was able to get out um, to watch them for the first time in that Dixie State game. Uh, they're still... Struggling to score, if you look at the stats, um, but I think, uh, I know that Debs is pretty happy with the progress her team is making. I think they're right on the cusp, you know, they're, they're learning the system, they're playing some nice soccer at times. I saw particularly the end of the first half of that Dixie State game where they were able to generate chances in a number of ways. You know, they had a couple chances off of set pieces, they had a couple chances playing through the wings, they had a couple chances playing through the middle. That's the kind of stuff you like to see. Um... Other, a couple personnel takeaways, I really like Carlin Wurlitzer. I think she's a sophomore defender. Um, 5'10", so she's she's big out there, commands the area well. Generally good positioning defensively. What makes her really special to me is some of the stuff she's able to do on the ball. Left-footed, she's not afraid to make the pass to the midfielder, breaking, breaking the first line of defense. She's not afraid to step forward into the attack with it. Um, she's... Just a gorgeous left foot. I mean, her, her set-piece deliveries, they, they scored off one of her corners on that Dixie State game. Really, really dangerous on set-pieces. I really think she's, you know, I haven't watched a lot of Big Sky soccer. I think she might be one of the best defenders in the Big Sky um, as a sophomore. Um, other than that, I mean, she's got the size. She's got the instincts. Um, I think she's got the athleticism. We'll see if that keeps up. Other than that, um, I like freshman defender Jess Rostrin from, from England. Uh, really uh, technically sound on the ball, really flamboyant on the ball, really saucy, I would say. Uh, she, she, I mean, there was one, one sequence of play where she just, you know, roulette around a girl. Next, next passage of play, she's trying to back heel pass out to the wing. Uh, she's playing mostly right back right now. Uh, but those are just a couple of the personnel takeaways from, from that game. That's about as good of a rundown of ISU soccer as you're going to get, folks. So uh, luckily I I hired a big soccer fan, and, and he can give you that insight. Ross, we'll have more soccer coverage this year. Don't worry about it, I guess. Ross, I know you've you've traveled far and wide for ISU volleyball, but also for ISU soccer. Any Anything you want to mention about this team? I think this team will be exciting to watch as they grow into their new roles. Obviously, it's... It's it's very it's 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 gonna be it's, it's kind of a um, 
Oh, what's the term I'm looking for for it? it it's it's a new experience. Uh, you know, brand new head coach, brand new head coaching staff. The first uh, the first new coaching staff ISU has had in soccer in 15 years. Mm. Yeah, you got to go all the way back to uh, late 2005, uh, back uh, before our last coaching change. So it's it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting, and I think it's going to be a pretty fun thing to watch as we see a new coaching staff come into. Which is, you know, and people look at me funny when I say this, but, uh, you know, like ISU Volleyball, ISU Soccer also has a very rich soccer tradition. Five Big Sky titles tied for most in the conference history. The best tournament win percentage out of any team in the Big Sky Conference. 13-3 is like 13-3 all-time, I think. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, a new coaching staff come in and put their own stamp and identity on this program. Um, but... I'm optimistic, you know. You know, you know. It's 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 got to be a lot of fun to watch. I want to get into some high school football from last week, Andrew. Do we have any mailbag questions we need to answer? I don't believe so. I got a question about uh, Demonte Horton's injury status. Mm. I have not seen him since the first couple practices of fall. He was standing on the sideline in street clothes. Then, obviously, he's not on the first two deep. Uh, for Western, I don't really have an update on that right now. Okay. Um, I will say Tanner Connor made another great play in the like three plays worth of practice that I watched today before I went in to do interviews. Uh, you know, caught a deep ball. You know, with the defender draped all over him. So I think they'll be fine at the third wide receiver position. ISU is really good at at wideout. Obviously, um, Michael Dean, Mitch Guller. If and when Horton is back, I mean, yeah. Well, the best uh, wide they're receiving core yeah. we've had in a while here, actually. I, they're going to be explosive off the ball, I think. Explosive and deep, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, no mailbag questions this week, no. And that's our fault. I didn't really get the call out for that on Twitter until yesterday. So we'll do better on that next week, guys. Thinking more questions. If you got stuff you want us to talk about, let us know. Uh, I am at AndrewH202. Madison is at M. Guernsey. Underscore ISJ. M. Guernsey underscore I got a long ISJ. one. Yeah, so uh, I pick up all your characters just by <laughs> typing in my name. Hit yeah. us up on Twitter, guys. Um, but yeah, prep football, Madison. I mean, you were at Holt Arena for a fair amount of the weekends. You, you saw a bunch of games at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Uh, big takeaways from that? Yeah, so uh, it was kind of cool because I got to watch our first game of the week, which was Pocatello Twin Falls on Thursday. And I also got to see our last game of the week, which is Highland against East on Saturday night, so I kind of got to bookend my my weekend with a couple of local teams. Um, I wrote more about that for Tuesday's print edition in the Idaho State Journal. I I, I kind of gave my thoughts and evaluations. But um, first game of the year, Pokey Twin Falls. That was I didn't really know what to expect. I I you know all indications have been that Pokey's going to have a down year, that they're really young. They lost most of their starters from last year's team that was like three and six. Um, and that's kind of been their their um, claim to fame is, you know, we're, we're planning f for our future, which basically means, you know, we're not going to be good this year, but hey, in a few years, we're going to be ready. So Pokey won their first game against Twin Falls. 20 to 15, they were down 15-6 at halftime. Their defense buckled down, made a few really big plays. Their offense did uh, just enough. I think I want to say Jaden Downs went like 18 for 21 passing in his first start at quarterback. 
So that's really impressive. You know, he, he was more of a, you know, he didn't have any huge plays. He's more of a game manager, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the really impressive thing for me with such a young team is coming coming back from being down at halftime. I mean, yeah. that's something that you don't often see from a young team, and that tells me one of a couple things. Either the coaches are really in control there, they've got a good coaching staff there, or they've got a couple senior leaders there who are able to come in at halftime and say, you know, guys, buckle down, we're not out of this yet, or just that a lot of their young kids are really mature because typically – with the young team, you know, you go down, it's a tough game, you're, you're struggling to score points and you're already down, it's tough to come back. So I think that's a really good sign for them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll just have to see if they can, you know, keep this rolling. That's kind of been a problem for them in the past is they win a game and then they, they lose a few and they, they can never really get back on the right track. So I believe they play Mountain Home next week. Uh, Mountain Home's, I think, a pretty solid program, so we'll have to see how Pokey does. Um, Saturday, I saw Highland against East High School from Salt Lake City. That was a really quality football game. There's a lot of really good players out there, a lot of future D1 athletes. Um, Highland lost 23 to 10, but here's the thing. Highland's going to be really good. Um, Highland's going to be there at the end of the season when, you know, um, state trophies are on the line. I thought Easton Durham for his first start at quarterback looked, um, pretty composed. He had to scramble a lot, but um, that was just kind of the game flow and East's defensive line was really good. Highland's offensive line sort of struggled. Um, Durham, you know, maybe can get a little bit squirrely at times, but overall I thought he was pretty good. Highland's defense played really well, stopped a lot of runs for short or no gain against an option attack, which is not easy to game plan for and a scheme for. So, um, there were a lot of other games Friday, Saturday. Um, I guess a couple that stuck out. Snake River beat Kimberly 42-14. to Those teams entered the week tied for number five in the media poll. Uh, Blackfoot took it to Lakeland on Saturday in the Rocky Mountain Rumble. I think Blackfoot is kind of on the upswing. I think they're going to have a good year. Westside played Firth on, I believe that was Thursday night. That's um, an annual season opening meeting for those two programs. And it was, I, think, I believe, uh, Westside won 28-18. That's usually kind of a, a low-scoring defensive battle, and it was again. Um, most other games in the area, I think, kind of went how most people expected them, that how they were going to go. Uh, but we're looking forward to getting back on our football coverage here for week two. Whew. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice. You're the one who had to Madison. carry that because I went to I went to Aberdeen and American Falls on Friday, and I could have said some stuff about that, but Madison's really the – the high school football guru we've got around the office, so that was good. Great. Um, Andrew, you wanted to talk a little bit about the rest of the, the Big Sky, uh, the rest of the football teams in the Big Sky, and how they, how they did this past weekend. Yeah, just because I'm a Big Sky football nerd, and I thought it was kind of an interesting weekend for the conference, um, the big surprise was Portland State going to Fayetteville and keeping Arkansas within one score for most of the game. Uh, Portland State, I think they were down 13-10 at halftime. Uh, Arkansas scored uh, in the second half to go up 20. Oh, maybe they were down 10-6 at halftime. They were down 20-6 to at one point. Scored to cut it back to 20-13 to with about four minutes left. Uh, actually got the ball back, had a chance to drive and force overtime. Uh, but Jelani Eason threw a deflected interception with, I think, about 30, 20, 30 seconds left. But... 
that is a team that nobody expected to be uh, contending for the Big Sky this year, or even contending for the top half of the Big Sky. I mean, Bruce Barnum, we know he's had some good years there. He's had some up years. He's had some down years. Recently, they've been down. Um, it would be it would make things a lot more interesting in the Big Sky if they were a quality team this year. Uh, Montana, uh, Idaho State hosts them, I believe, for the conference opener in week four, or I guess in their fourth game of the season. I guess it would be week five. I think it's the 28th of September that we host Portland State. I think that's the conference opener, right? Because they go to Montana the yeah. next week. So mm-hmm. that suddenly becomes a really big, intriguing game if Portland State keeps this up. Um, they might have, you know, Davis Alexander was the purported starter at quarterback for them coming into the season. I think he got hurt. Jelani Eason had to come in, played okay. Uh, we'll see what direction they go from there. Other than that, uh, Montana and Cal Poly both took care of business against pretty decent um, FCS opponents. Uh, Montana went to South Dakota, um, you know, hung 400-some yards passing on the Coyotes, uh, won by two touchdowns, which is, you know, South Dakota's a good team. I think they were picked fifth in the Missouri Valley Conference. Like Montana, they're sort of considered to be maybe a playoff bubble team, like Idaho State also. Coming into the season, maybe maybe a team with the chance of the playoffs if things went if things went right. So that's a good win for the conference. And then Cal Poly just absolutely blew out San Diego, which the Pioneer League's a non-scholarship league, but San Diego's been the class of that league. They got the auto bid last year from from the Pioneer League. They're usually a, a quality team, and Cal Poly, you know, was close for a little bit. Then Cal Poly got a couple stops, and San Diego just could not stop the option. They couldn't. I mean, Jalen Hamler, who was just named the uh, Big Sky Offense Player of the Week today, uh, redshirt freshman quarterback for the Mustangs, uh, threw for three touchdowns. I believe ran for two. You know, completed like eleven of fourteen passes for two hundred and twenty-one yards or something. Ran for ninety something yards on like eight carries. Just incredibly efficient. Cal Poly is another interesting team. Like Portland State, they were facing. You know, it's the first time that uh, Tim Walsh has had to replace his quarterback and his fullback in the same year since 2013. Mm. Um, and Jalen Hamler looked really good. Uh, the new fullback, Zoe Tran-Sampson, looked really good. Ripped off an 87-yard touchdown in the second uh, offensive play of the game for Cal Poly. So we'll see if that was just San Diego's maybe down this year. Uh, but that was an interesting result. Um, other than that... Things went about as expected. I was a little disappointed that UC Davis, Weber, uh, Eastern didn't didn't pull out a win over an FBS team. Uh, wow, Weber came real close to defensive masterpiece. They must played have that been weekend. yeah. If you like defensive football, that was the game to watch. If you don't, that must have just been torture. Uh, Weber State gave up two field goals only to San Diego State. But unfortunately, Weber State did not score. They had a kickoff return from Rahid Shahid. Uh, he housed it. It was called back for a block in the back or a hold or something. I know uh, Brett Hine down at Weber has looked at the replay, says he didn't see much of anything on that. Uh, that would have been the quintessential Weber win if they'd held San Diego State's two field goals and gotten a Rashid Shahid kick yeah. return touchdown for a 7-6 win. It was an absolutely beautiful 6-0 to zero game, too, guys. Defensive masterpiece. Yeah, and um, UC Davis was close with Cal, too. They were uh, UC Davis went up 10-0 in the first quarter on Cal. I was feeling very good about that game. Madison will tell you. I was kind of crowing <laughs> in the office. I thought that, I thought that the Aggies were going to kind of see that one out. Uh, Cal got back to, 13, to a 13-10 lead at halftime. 
UC Davis tied it early in the third at 13-13 uh, before Cal scored a couple touchdowns down the stretch for a, what, 27-13 win in that one. I think that's a pretty good data point um, for UC Davis. I mean, we in the big sky, we know that they're going to score. I mean, they only scored 13 points against Cal, but in the big sky, we know they're, we know they're going to put up a lot of points. So if I'm UC Davis, I'm looking at that game and saying, well, we held a Pac-12 team to only 27 points. And that's a pretty good result, and that's what I'm going to try to take away from that game. If I'm UC Davis, um, other than that, uh, Eastern was blown out by Washington. Yeah, that was a team on a mission that weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like 42-14. Eric Berry didn't play all that poorly, uh, which I think is encouraging for Eastern. Uh, other news, Montana State blown out by Texas Tech. That was something like 45-10. to uh, who else played? Sacramento State blew out Southern Oregon, I believe, 77-19 in Troy Taylor's debut. I think that's it. Oh, Idaho, Idaho of course. Idaho, Penn State. Ah. Got <laughs> I know my Idaho State football fans will love hearing this, but as expected, Idaho got their money, and they took a beating for it. Losing seventy-nine. University of the State, guys. Losing 79-7 <laughs> in State College. So there's the... There's the big sky results of the weekend. There. Ross, we just went over a lot there. Any uh, Anything you, you want to add in from everything we just covered? From everything that we've just covered, oh, man, there's a lot that I could add, but the hour's late, and uh, you guys look like you're ready to hit the sack for, for another productive day, to, for another productive week, rather. Oh, I'm but, going uh, back to my workstation and transcribing another 15 minutes of audio after this, but we probably should wrap up at some point. Yeah, see, like, I walk in, and these guys are these guys are just pounding away at their keyboards. It's like 1130 at night, so, yeah, it's been a late night for these guys. But uh, as far as anything that I want to add, um, volleyball plays tomorrow, 6 o'clock, read gym, doors open at 5. Come up and watch uh, the home opener for volleyball. I think it's going to be a really fun program, a really fun squad to watch this season. And as I said, uh, ISC Volleyball has been one of the major solid programs in this conference for the last decade almost uh like pretty much every year we're in the big sky tournament and at some in some way if you want to win a championship you got to go through us so like they're going to be great and fun to watch um soccer keep your eyes on the isu soccer they're going to be fantastic to watch especially as i said earlier they're you know a new coaching staff looking to put its own stamp on a on a very on a very traditional program here at idaho state and uh, obviously uh um, they, they, by the way, they play Friday. The, they play Friday night against Boise State, mm. and then um, here, yep, uh, yeah, here right. it won't be at Davis Field though. It'll be at the uh, the the practice field up by Holt Arena that night. The turf yeah. field across yep. Arena. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we'll we'll be play, we'll be playing under the lights that night, everybody, and then then uh, six thirty Thursday football. That's the big one. Just to come out, have some fun. We're gonna we're you know what? Let's get this football program sent off. To a, to a fantastic 2019 campaign and help build the brand a little bit bigger one step at a time. I, 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 a bene, like a, an Idaho State program that's doing well benefits everybody in Pocatello and Southeast Idaho in general. So I would encourage all of you guys to you know bring your friends, bring your friends' friends, and even the people you may not like. Bring them all out to Idaho State <laughs> Thursday night. We're going to have a blast. There you have it. Busy week for ISU Athletics. We'll let you know how everyone did this time next week. Thanks, Thanks. for stopping by. All right. Go Bengals.